Hello there, this is Evangelist Timothy Groover coming to you tonight. This is the word of the king. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says, Where the word of the king is, there is power, and who may say unto him, What doest thou? This message is being recorded from the Holiness Bibles for the Blind Studio in Ashtabula, Ohio. Tonight on the word of the king, we're going to continue the series the Human Heart and the Church, Part 2. Evangelist Kenneth Wolfgang tonight will be coming and bringing us a message on the spoiling of America and the American Church. Before we hand it over to Kenneth Wolfgang this evening, I would like to have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, just want to come before you and just want to pray and ask your anointing afresh in and upon your servant Kenneth Wolfgang tonight as he brings forth this message on the spoiling of America and the church of America in America. And Lord God, we just pray, dear God, for those, dear God, listening, dear God, oh, we pray for the church, Lord God, in America, Lord God, that you would convict the church, dear God, of their carnal ways, Lord God, and help them, dear God, to once again, dear God, be on fire for you, Lord God. We pray for those, dear God, who are as Laodicea, neither hot nor cold, neither cold nor hot, Lord God, that they would uh, be hot. You see, you'd rather they be hot or cold, but not lukewarm and Lord God, we pray, dear God, for them to be hot, Lord God, and help us, dear God, that are on fire for you, Lord God, to stay on fire, and for those that need to get on fire, Lord God, to get on fire. And Father, we just pray tonight, Lord God, again, Lord God, for any souls listening, dear God, who have yet to be quickened by your Holy Spirit from the deadness of trespasses and sins, that tonight would be that night whereby you've appointed, dear God, to raise them spiritually from the deadness of trespasses and sins, and to give them newness of life, and in through Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life. And now, dear God, we pray once again, Lord God, give your servant now boldness and clarity of thought, mind, speech. As he brings forth now the words of you, the living God, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Here is Kenneth Wolfgang on the spoiling of America and the church in America. Kenneth? Well, we want to first thank you there, Brother Tim, for allowing me to come back on your program. It's uh, like the third time now. But this time, get a little pleasure. Do a little tag team on the series that you started. <laughs> uh, it is a blessing. I've done a few of these myself. And uh, I want to start tonight... Uh, by first saying that um, those out there listening to this program will probably recognize what I'm about to do, okay? And that is, um, if they've ever heard me preach, they know, as you've said in previous broadcasts, that I happen to be a person who happens to be blind spirit, uh, physically, but not spiritually. Thank the Lord for that. That means I am going to obviously need now obviously i could have probably had my audio bible out here and had it play but this time i'm going to let you be my audio bible tonight so when i ask for my first passage that i've already uh, prepared and asked you to have ready for me in my second and my third you know what they are you'll call off the verses for your listener listening audience of where i've asked you to be ready and then you'll read them for us is that all right brother that is all right Okay, so tonight, as we get ready into this message, the spoiling of America in regards to the church and the heart of the church, we want to start with a familiar passage that every preacher quotes when it comes to revival. As soon as I say that, every preacher knows right where we're headed. They know it by heart, but I want you to look at it afresh tonight. And I want you to look at it today afresh, and let's not go rushing through it tonight. Okay, brother, I want you to take us to that familiar passage. 
And it is none other than Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, in that verse, I don't hear nothing about the lost. I don't hear nothing about the lost in this verse. Now, if you're lost out there today, I do want to say to you there is a way an escape for your sin. I want you to know there is an escape. There is a way to escape from that sin. His name is Jesus Christ. And he loved you enough that you do not have to choose hell. Remember, um, hell and heaven, it's like a great election. Like, you know, every November, everybody goes to the election to elect a new president. Well, unlike you wonder about the president if your vote counts, well, this election, you don't have to worry about that. Jesus already voted for heaven. The devil voted for hell. You get the tie-breaking vote. Well, we're not talking about the lost right now. Notice the key words at the very beginning. He's not talking to the lost. Preachers, deacons, ushers, piano players, everyone that claims the blood of Jesus Christ, if you really are blood-bought and born again, excuse me, but it does not say the lost. It says, if my people. Listen to what that said again. If my people. Dear listener, if you are saved, he just spoke to you. Don't believe that. What's the next few words? Which are called by my name. Uh, you ready for this? My last name is not Brother Wolfgang. I know you're going to say, now I'm getting prideful. No, I'm not. In heaven, my last name is not Wolfgang. When you're adopted, you take on your new daddy's name. When you really get adopted, I was adopted in God's family in January, I, I mean December, excuse me, December 24th, or 23rd, excuse me, December 23rd, I had to get the dates here right because I'm also thinking of another birth date when I got baptized, but th that's another ex uh, date to me, but... December 23rd, 1986, at 7.30 in the evening, at a little revival meeting down there in Columbus, Ohio. I remember that date to this date. I was standing there holding on that pew, turning into sawdust. Roman Catholic boy, altar boy at that. But I gave my life to Jesus. I reeled up the white flag and surrendered. Now, let me tell you something. When I did, I became one of his children, and it says, I am called by his name. So in heaven, my last name is Jesus. Yeshua, that's my last name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So in heaven, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and that's the only way you're getting into heaven. If my people, which are called by my name, notice the next words shall humble themselves. Now, even though I am proud to be a child of God and that my name is written in the Lamb books of life, let me tell you something. The only reason I could take pride in that is because Jesus died for me. But I am not proud to know of the condition of this, of this nation and of this world the way it is today. It is sad to know that this nation is going straight down the toilet bowl. We're... 
out there killing and murdering and uh, abortions and you name it. It is so sad. People in the church have said, pray for this, pray for that, when they themselves are not humbling themselves. Gimme, gimme. They treat God like he's some sort of genie in a bottle, like, oh, come on now. God, you jump out of the bottle and serve me. Uh, you got to humble yourself. This gimme gospel is not humble, it's prideful. Shall humble themselves and pray. We have more eating meetings at churches. We have more uh, uh, fellowships. We have more uh, all this other uh, uh, singing meetings and everything else than we do have prayer meetings. They spend more time uh, praying about give me God than they have about uh, praying over uh, a lost people or praying over uh, someone else's needs than they have praying over their own needs. Let me ask you a question tonight. Dear listener, take out a piece of paper and write down a list of prayer requests. And then look closely at that list. Is it a list of spiritual things? And if they are, are they your needs? Or are they needs for others? Right now, I'm praying over Bibles that we're trying to ship to Nigeria, to people who don't even have one single copy of the Word of God, people who are dying just to hold one copy in their hands while we in this country could walk down the street with two or three copies, and we, don't even, we can't even thank God for that. If my people would humble themselves and pray, and seek my face. When was the last time you fell on your face and asked God, open your Bible and said, oh God, just show me your face. Oh God, just show me just a little bit of your face. I need you, Jesus. Would you just show me your face? Seek my face. Uh, preachers, church, you that are in the church that are... I'm not talking about a building that's got a name on it. I'm talking about God's born-again believers, the church, the bride. He said, and turn from their wicked ways. Okay. I'm going to get blunt. You want God to bless you. You want God to turn this nation around. You want God to take and get rid of the sodomites and homosexuals, and you want them to stop the babies from being killed and all that, but you want to still watch as the stomach churns. You want to watch general adultery. You want to watch... You want to watch Santa Barbara. You want to watch Dallas and Love Boat. Go get you a dirty movie and put it in your VCR or your DVD player. And then you ask God to bless this nation. Oh, God bless America. Uh, God ain't going to bless America. <laughs> now we got on the dollar bill, I hear. And I can't even see it, so I hear about these things. Here we got, uh, what? The all-seeing. Why, that's a Mason thing. Because what? Oh, well... <laughs> 
we got to have the Masons now because we ain't going to have God bless America. We're going to have the Masons now. Oh, yeah. You know what? God ain't going to bless America with that nonsense in here. Then, then he says, turn from their wicked ways. If my people will do these things, then it's conditional. It's conditional, listener. Then he's going to hear from heaven. He's not going to do that. He ain't going to hear from heaven. He ain't going to heal this land. He ain't going to do all of those things that comes after that until you humble yourself, till you pray, till you seek his face, until you turn from your wicked way, till you turn off the soaps, till you stop the gossip, till you stop all that, uh, till you stack bite, backbiting in the church, till you stop treating the poor like dogs in the church, till you start loving your neighbor in the church. Oh, we're stepping on your toes. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to stop stepping on your toes. Uh, you, you remember Elijah, don't you? He stepped on the prophets of Baal's toes, too. But guess what? Uh, I'm ready. Come on. Bring it on. Let's see whose God is God. Amen. Okay, Brother Tim, I need my second uh, setting of Scripture tonight. It is written in the book of Ezekiel, chapter. Chapter 16, verse 48 through 50. As I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom thy sister hath not done. She nor her daughters, as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor needy, and they were haughty committed abomination before me, therefore I took them away as I saw good. Ooh. Uh, dear listener, you listening? Pastors, you listening? Preachers, you listening? Churches, you listening? Uh, he said he took Sodom out for the same thing, and they didn't have the gall. They had the gall. They were, they were doing better than you. Uh, well, they were a bunch of Sodomites. You know, there were a bunch of sodomites and all that. You know, they were so wicked. Well, excuse me. God says they were better off than you, and he took them out. If he took them out, what is he going to do to you? God don't play with foolishness. God don't play with foolishness and fools. Uh, oh, you're not supposed to call anyone a fool, brother Wolfgang Evangelist Wolfgang. You're not supposed to call anyone a fool. But the Bible does tell you something here. Let me stop you here a minute. If a person's acting like a fool, you call them what they are. You call black, black, white, white. Now, wait a minute. If I'm passing down the street and if I could see, and if the house is painted purple, you call it a purple house. Okay? If that thing is painted green, I'm going to call it a green house. Now, so... Excuse me, if you're acting the fool, you're a fool. Just like, now, this is so funny. This is so funny. Those guys that say there is no God, they say there is no God. These guys that uh, say, well, you know, these atheists, they say, you know, uh, that we got our holidays, us Christians. Well, you know what? They actually got their own holiday. The atheists, you know they got a holiday out there, dear listener? It's April 1st. They got their own holiday. Why? Because the fool has said in his heart there is no God. 
So, if you're acting a fool, we're going to call you one. <laughs> well, if you're acting a fool telling Jesus that he's not going to judge you because you haven't messed around with the poor, when he said in his word, James chapter 2, that it's sin, excuse me, he judges all sin. He doesn't look down on one set of sin and the other set of sin as if it's nothing. Excuse me, but he does. He judges it all. Sin is sin. Black is black. White is white. And if you don't like that, you're just going to have to take it up with Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't print it. I preach it. I don't say it any other way but that. And that's the way it's going to be. All right. Brother Tim, we need our third uh, set of scripture here tonight. And that third passage comes from Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verses 14 through 16. There was a little city, a few men within it. There came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. There was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered the same poor man. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. (laughs) Now think on this. See, that poor man, you know what his wisdom probably was? The same as a lot of other poor people. They have a little bit of wisdom in their head that God gives them, but all because they're poor. Oh, we don't want to touch them. They don't want to hear what they have to say. They don't know nothing about God. Excuse me. Remember what James 2 said. God hath chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith. Well, what did that poor man probably have to say? Well, let me give you a little piece of advice. He said, more than likely, this little piece of advice for you. Just like our nation. I want to take you back through a little history lesson there, dear listener. Do you remember way back, the Revolutionary War, the War of Independence? We fought for what? The independent right to go to have free church meetings, to go worship as we felt free to. And then God, what did he do? He let us win that war. He let us win those wars so we could have the right to freedom of going to worship as we please. We didn't have to worry about going and have to worry about stepping into church knowing that the very moment that we walked out the door, we was going to lose our life. People in Nigeria had to worry about that. People in Nigeria had to worry about the minute they walk in the church door that they might not walk out the church door again alive. Our, our lives aren't in danger here. Oh, yeah, we might get a few Muslim radicals and a few others that come over, and they might try, try to play, place a few bombs or fly a few planes in the building, and then we cry, Oh, God bless America. Yeah, right, you only call on him when you need him, you dirty buzzer bait. But the fact is, oh, yeah, and I called you that, now you're offended. Well, get over it. But the fact is, you only call God when you want him, like a genie in the bottle again. But the fact is, we become complacent, lazy. We got the freedom, got lazy. We figure, oh, well, God gave us that nice right. And all of a sudden, 
It's so nice. And what did we do? We walked away. We've been going to our little churches. And in the time of prosperity, the theme is there. The theme is there. You know, in the day of prosperity, we're not worried about the affliction because we forgot it. We kind of forgot it. And in the day of our affliction, when we're all suffering, then all of a sudden we forget the prosperity. Like when those planes flew into the building. Oh, yeah, that, and then we forgot about all that and we want to cry on God. Well, excuse me. God knows. God knows what he wants to do. He knows how to get your attention. So, let me tell you something. Tonight, if God wants you, he'll tell you. Let me ask you tonight. Where are you tonight? In your church, in your building, in your little clique. Are you so busy, worried about where you are? Have you been just giving up? Are you so blessed by what God has done in this country and saying, yeah. You know, we've come so thankful for the blessing and we've gotten the blessing so much that we even forgot to thank him for that. Sorry, but we've gotten lazy. See, we've gotten lazy, got complacent. We forgot the poor in our nation. We kick them around. When they come to our church, we, oh, well, we don't want them. We want the rich people. Excuse me. Look in your town, preacher, deacon. How many rich bankers do you got? How many mayors do you got? But ask yourself, how many common people do you got? God is trying to give you a message. God has got the message that there's more common people than you got of the rich folks. They're out there. But you've gotten complacent and lazy, and all you got to do is just call them in. Bring them in. But you got complacent and lazy, all because of your blessings. And just like the blessing of our freedom of worship, we've just gotten away from that freedom. And all we have to do is say, you know, God, we need to get humble. We need to repent. God, forgive us for our arrogance and our haughty attitude, getting our nose up in the air. So, I want to ask you tonight to think on this. As I prepare to give a little invitation song tonight, and as I give this invitation song, I want you to think on this. The song, it's called... The song is called, That's What This Altar Is For. And I want to ask you, if you were to come tonight and hear Jesus... I want to ask you, I want to ask you, do you know the Savior? Are you ready to meet him? First for you pastors, and those of you that are Christians, that's the most important. Do you know him as your 
Savior. And if not, if you're not right with Him, get right tonight. And then secondly, for those of you who are not saved, to get saved tonight. This is a time mainly for you preachers, etc. Get right with God. Get right.
of the word of the king and again this has been the series the heart of man the church again it is written ecclesiastes 9 verse 3 speaking of the heart of man this is an evil among all things that are done under the sun that there is one event unto all yea also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness is in their heart while they live and after that they go to the dead this has been the word of the king this is evangelist timothy groover till next time god bless you and yours